Wisdom, the final frontier to true knowledge. Welcome to Wisdom Trek, where our mission is to create a legacy of wisdom, to seek out discernment and insights, to boldly grow where few have chosen to grow before. Hello, my friend. I am Guthrie Chamberlain, your captain on our journey to increase wisdom and create a living legacy. Thank you for joining us today as we explore wisdom on our second millennium of podcast. This is day 1,121 of our trek, and it is Worldview Wednesday. Creating a biblical worldview is important in order to have a proper perspective on today's current events. To establish a biblical worldview, it is also required that you also have a proper understanding of God and His Word. On our Worldview Wednesday episode, we are in a series in which we are covering another detailed review of a book from one of today's most prominent Hebrew scholars, Dr. Michael S. Heiser. We are taking a deep dive and will share Dr. Heiser's insights into the question, which is also the title of his book, What Does God Want? And today we're going to look at The Rebellious Supernatural Family. Last week we learned in Dr. Heiser's book that God's human family chose to disobey His command in the Garden of Eden. Yet this choice was a result of the influence of one of God's supernatural children. This week we move on to another time where God's supernatural family desired to create humans in their image. This is a direct affront to God and His plans for His human family. You may have heard it somewhere along the way that the Bible teaches that the world has so much evil in it because of humanity's fall into sin at the Garden of Eden. This is only partially true. After the tragedy of Eden, there were two more episodes that plunged humanity further into the depths of depravity and chaos. The second of these is described in Genesis chapter 6 verses 1 through 4. You could argue that this is one of the stranger incidents in the entire Bible. Dr. Heiser has wrote extensively on this topic in an excellent book called The Unseen Realm, and in a less intense version of it called Supernatural. Let me read Genesis chapter 6 verses 1 through 4. Then the people began to multiply on earth, and daughters were born to them. The sons of God saw the beautiful women and took any that they wanted as their wives. Then the Lord said, My spirit will not put up with humans for such a long time, for they are only mortal flesh. In the future, their normal lifespan will be no more than 120 years. In those days, and for some time after, giant Nephilites lived on the earth. For wherever the sons of God had intercourse with women, they gave birth to children who became the heroes and famous warriors of ancient times. The story is about how some of God's supernatural children, referred to as the sons of God, wanted to imitate God by producing their own human children to image themselves. They decided to use human women, which is referred to as beautiful women, for that purpose. This made them rivals to God, their own heavenly father. Rather than being happy with God's desire to have humans become members of their family, they decided they wanted to be overlords of their own humans. That wasn't what God had in mind. God wanted a family, not slaves. As we dig deeper into the story, we also find two other passages in the New Testament which refers to the second rebellion. The first is 2 Peter chapter 2, verses 4 and 5. For God did not spare even the angels who sinned. He threw them into hell, in gloomy pits of darkness, where they are being held until the day of judgment. And God did not spare the ancient world, except for Noah and seven others in his family. Noah warned the world of God's righteous judgment. 
So God protected Noah when he destroyed the world of ungodly people with a vast flood. These angels that sinned, as referenced in 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 4, transgressed the boundaries between heaven and earth. Jude, verse 6, also tells us, And I remind you of the angels, who did not stay within the limits of authority God gave them, but left the place where they belong. God has kept them securely changed in the prison of darkness, waiting for that great day of judgment. The sons of God, who we refer to as the angels, did not stay within their limit of authority. And God sent them to hell as a result. The transgression was done, and it had disastrous consequences. Look at the two verses that followed in the Bible's recounting of the rebellion in Genesis chapter 6, verses 5 and 6. The Lord observed the extent of human wickedness on the earth, and he saw that everything they thought or imagined was consistently and totally evil. So the Lord was sorry he had ever made them and put them on the earth. It broke his heart. Think about that. Everything they thought or imagined was consistently and totally evil. God was sorry he had made humanity, and the thought of this broke his heart. This is the very definition of depravity and the sorrow that it brings. The first supernatural rebellion led to humanity losing everlasting life with God, which is bad enough. This rebellion took the effects of sin to another level, accelerating human self-destruction. God felt deep remorse over the ways things have turned out. Humanity was permanently damaged. The Bible tells us that God could see no other solution but to send the flood that would wipe out humanity, Genesis chapter 6, verse 17. It is important to notice that the flood story never says that God was angry. It only says that he was heart-stricken over what was going on. God had decided to give humans freedom. He couldn't take it away since in doing so would mean that they would no longer be like him, they'd no longer be truly human. The only choice was to start over and put an end to what the rebellious sons of God had caused. Only one man was said to be righteous in God's eyes, which was Noah, Genesis chapter 6 verse 9. At least there was one, and God would take it. He would move ahead with his plans to have a human family. God told Noah to build an ark, or a large ship, so that he, his family, and the multitudes of animals would survive. God still held out hope that, as deep as human depravity had become, that his human children could be with him. Mercifully, he gave Noah 120 years to prepare for the flood, Genesis chapter 6, verse 3, and to tell the people of what was going to happen so that they could turn from their depravity and be forgiven, 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 5. In the end, people wouldn't listen. They refused God's gracious warning. Once again, God's children turned their back on him, as they were free to do. Is it any wonder that God's heart was so broken? At least there was Noah and his family. After the flood, God repeated the original commands that he gave to Adam and Eve in Genesis chapter 9, verse 1. Then God blessed Noah and his sons and told them, Be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth. God was starting over with them. He made a covenant with Noah that extended to all humankind, Genesis chapter 9, verses 8 through 17. A covenant is a promise or a pledge. This covenant was one-sided. It was all about God's promise to never destroy humanity. Genesis chapter 9, verse 11. Amazingly, God still wanted a human family. Not as amazing, but still pretty incredible, the abuse of God's goodness would continue. A third rebellion followed the flood. And this one would frame the rest of the biblical story and show us again God's unconquerable patience and love.
That will conclude our lesson for this week from Dr. Heiser's book, What Does God Want? Next Worldview Wednesday, we will discover that even after God had wiped out most of humanity in the Great Flood, that the rebellion continued. I believe that you'll find each Worldview Wednesday an interesting topic to consider as we build our biblical worldview. Tomorrow, we will continue with our three-minute humor nugget that will provide you with a bit of cheer, which will help you to lighten up and live a rich and satisfying life. So encourage your friends and family to join us and then come along with us tomorrow for another day of Wisdom Trek, Creating a Legacy. If you'd like to listen to any of the past 1,120 treks or read the Wisdom Journals, they are all available at wisdom-trek.com. I encourage you to subscribe to Wisdom Trek on your favorite podcast player so that each day will be downloaded to you automatically. And thank you so much for allowing me to be your guide, your mentor, but most importantly, I am your friend as I serve you through the Wisdom Trek podcast and journal. And as we take this trek of life together, let us always live abundantly, love unconditionally, listen intentionally, learn continuously, lend to others generously, lead with integrity, and then leave a living legacy each day. I am Guthrie Chamberlain reminding you to keep moving forward, enjoy your journey, and then create a great day every day. See you tomorrow.